Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What is channeling? Can artists and musicians from yesteryear keep working through people today? Can we do the same thing with people from the future? Hey there, and welcome to the 541st edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those uh, thoughtful questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Uh, we've never talked very much about uh, channeling on the show. When we've actually, I don't even recall any times that we've ever actually brought it up. But tonight, yeah, come up now and then, but occasionally, but we've never de- devoted anything, uh, an entire show to it. But tonight, that changes. Uh, we certainly welcome your phone calls. If you have a question or comment, the number is 401-766-1240. Or from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 800-449-1240. Well, before we introduce our guest this evening, I just wanted to mention to our regular listeners who know him quite well from the air, Stanton Friedman, a dear friend, certainly a true gentleman, uh, suffered a heart attack two days ago at his home in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada, and we ask you to pray for him. Uh, as far as we know, he's doing pretty well, We're, uh, but he will not be at the Roswell UFO conference in uh, New Mexico this, this week. I think it's probably safe to say that. However, we do hope to see him at several events in the fall and late summer, and we will be talking about those events uh, toward the end of the show. But uh, again, Stanton Friedman uh, sent some prayers and good wishes his way because he uh, suffered a heart attack recently, and um, we hope uh, the best for him. He'll be back on his feet soon. Okay, David Young is a Grammy Award-dominated songwriter, singer, musician. He has performed for Barbara Streisand, Elizabeth Taylor, Guns N' Roses, and Paul McCartney. And he started, uh, I guess Paul McCartney started a standing ovation for him at one of his performances. David Young's music has been heard on hundreds of radio stations around the world, as well as on the soap operas General Hospital, All My Children, and Passions. And over a million copies of his CDs have been sold. Now he seems to have an ally in his work, the great, the late George Harrison of Beatles fame, and a renowned musician and poet in his own right. So David Young, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you so much. So nice to be with you guys today. Oh, it's nice to have you with us. So this connection with George Harrison, when did it start and how? It started in 2010, and I had no idea why it was starting, because I was a little bit too young to be a Beatles fan. I didn't believe in channeling. You're making me feel old now. Well, I was born in 1961, so I'm 53 years old. And so when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1964, I was... um, I was three years old, so I don't remember anything about it. And no, by the time okay. I became a teenager, I was into hard rock. So I wasn't, I wasn't a big Beatles fan. I didn't believe in channeling at all. I thought channeling was a joke, and I was afraid of ghosts. So because of those three reasons, when these things started in 2010, I was, I was clueless because I thought there were, I didn't get the connection, you know. Mm. And these things started happening, and they all connected to George, and... Um, he was obviously trying to get my attention. I wasn't sure what he was trying to get my attention for. But what I started to do is I started documenting all these so such unusual events of things happening in my life just because they were so bizarre and they all connected to George. All right. Alrighty. So what happens during your connections and how often do they happen? Well, when it started in 2010, it would be every about every two months. Um, these things would happen. Um, I can tell you a couple of them if you like. Sure. Um, well, I had uh, ended 
a nine-year relationship nine days before our anniversary. It was a terrible time in my life. I had been living in Minneapolis for nine years, and before that I lived in Los Angeles for nine years. You'll see this number nine repeats a lot in in my life since this, since this whole thing started. And so I was driving across the country. It was a terrible emotional time for me because, you know, a family was breaking up and all this terrible stuff. And so I reached over. I had a pile of CDs, and I said, God, pick me a good one that's going to help me feel better. And and this random pile of 50 CDs, I randomly just pulled out the CD called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And I thought, well, that certainly, certainly isn't appropriate. So I put this on, and when the eighth song came, it was George Harrison's song, Within You Without You. It's the one that starts with the, the sitar, and it sounds very Indian. And there was something about listening to that song that just brought me the sense of peace and calmed me down. And so at the end of the song, I hit repeat, and I hit repeat again. And I listened to that song for three hours that day, not knowing why I was doing this. And for the following three weeks, as I drove across the country to move back to the East Coast, I listened to this song every day for two, three hours a day, not knowing why I was doing it. When I arrived at a friend's house that I hadn't seen in 25 years, because I grew up in the East Coast, when I arrived at his house, he took me to his best friend's house, and sitting on his friend's TV was a DVD of the concert for Bangladesh. I thought that was really bizarre, because I'd just been listening to George's song every day for three weeks. So I asked him if we could watch it. We watched the whole thing, so I got my first insight into what kind of man George was, because all I knew about him was that he was friends with Eric Clapton, he was one of the Beatles, and he had something to do with the concert for Bangladesh. Well, the very next day, for the first time of traveling 40 weekends a year for 20 years, I decided to carpool with another another artist on the way down to Baltimore. It was a three-hour drive from Princeton, New Jersey. So I got to this guy's house. I put my clothes, my flute, my CDs in the back of his white van. I sit down in the front seat of his white van, and sitting on the dashboard is a cassette tape of the concert for Bangladesh. This is 24 hours after the DVD had popped up in this random friend's house. And so I was freaked out by it because I thought, what are the chances of this? You know what I mean? This, there's got to be something behind this. So I said, what is this thing doing here? And he said, I went to the concert for Bangladesh. I bought two tickets for $3.50 each back in 1971. And then after I bought the CD, I put, you know, I put it in a box. It's been in my attic for years and years and years. And I just took out the CD this morning to listen to on the drive down to Baltimore. And I thought, man, this is so weird. Well, nothing happened for a couple of months, and then I started dating this woman, and on my third date, she asked me what the highlight of my career was, and I said it was when Paul McCartney started a standing ovation for me, and she asked me if I knew that George Harrison used to babysit her when she was a kid. I'm like, Hmm. really? Really? I mean, you want to tell me a little bit about that? She said, yeah. My mom and dad went to the same yoga ashram as George did in the early 70s, and when my mom and dad split up, she started dating George, and a couple of months later, her mom and George fell in love, and George moved her and her mom to England, and she grew up in this big castle. And honestly, of all the d- women I dated, I'd never dated anybody who was um, who grew up in George Harrison's castle. Have, have you ever met anybody who grew up in uh, No, not something you hear every day. <laughs> I know other people who grew up in castles, but not that, not that one. <laughs> yeah. So that once that happened... Then things really started picking up because um, George had this love for her because she grew up, you know, 
in his house, and I didn't know this at the time, but I found out much later on that he and I had numerous past life experiences together, and um, so he had this connection with me that I, I wasn't aware of, and he appeared in my bedroom, played guitar in my bedroom, wrote a song with me, and then the next day while I was in a recording studio recording that song, he appeared at this beautiful blue light right next to me in the recording studio, and that was my first time having one of the Beatles appear in, in a recording studio with me. Have you guys ever had anything like that? Because it was my uh, n not lately, no. Okay, so once these things started, it, it just really started to pick up an energy, and um, I really didn't understand why these things were happening. At the that time, I thought it was only because he wanted his stepdaughter to be happy, and you know, I figured he thought I was a good guy, and. You know, I really liked her anyway. This was back in 2010 while we were dating for this two-month period. And so that's what I thought it was all about. So when when the relationship with her ran its course, it was like a two-month thing. Um, I thought that this experience would be over completely. Um, I was amazed that one day in meditation, he um, came into my third eye, you know, my spiritual eye, and... He reached out his hand, he shook my hand, and this electricity went from his hand into my hand, into my arm, filled my whole body, and I woke up two hours later. And that was the first time any of the Beatles that have ever come into my meditation and given me an electric handshake. Have you guys ever had one of those? Well, I can't speak for Ben, but uh, <laughs> I tend to be more on the intellectual side. He, on the other hand, uh, I don't know what he wants to say about it. but uh, I, Well, no. <laughs> So you have to understand, when this all started in 2010, I had been meditating for 27 years, mm -hmm. 20 to 30 minutes each time, sometimes twice a day. So I had reached a higher than normal state of consciousness, you know, as, as a human being, um, but I'd never had anything like this happen at all. And, you know, the spiritual path that I was studying really didn't, promote channeling if you want to call it channeling at all and so for three years when these things would happen i would just document them you know and just write them down so this way it really was obvious that there was something going on with this but i wasn't sure what it was so i just figured i would just keep track of everything so if at some point i would get an opportunity to to write a book about this then i would have all the information documented and so it would you know be like a step-by-step -step how this thing had grown into what it is now it, it's totally different now because um in october of 2013 um it was after george had arranged a publishing deal for me with bob friedman who had put out the book conversations with god that's a whole long story that you can read about in the book but it, it's just a, such a crazy bunch of experiences one thing led to another and you know george came to me in the dream and i said george i need help if if you want this story to be made into a book or a movie you know i don't have any context in the book industry or the movie industry because you know, i'm known for playing two flutes at one time and that's what i'm famous for and so if you want the story to get out you've obviously been doing this for three years with me and there's got to be a reason why you're doing this on such a consistent basis you know i need your help and he said i've been helping you i am helping you and i'm going to continue helping you 
And 48 hours later, out of the blue, I had a publishing deal. Mm. Well, we'll give you a chance to talk about the the book uh, in a a little while. Um, This may sound like a funny question, David, but where did you live when this began? And uh, you said you were on the road, but, I mean, do you live in the same place? Now, obviously, you said you were moving to the East Coast. Do you live in West Virginia, by any chance? (laughs) No, I, I haven't. I've played in Columbiana, Ohio quite a few times, which isn't far from West Virginia. West Virginia. I played there at this festival called the Shaker Woods Festival for I think 19 years. It's every August. Okay, I, guess I, I think we know that, but that didn't come up in conversation with your publicist. Uh, the reason we ask that is because certain areas uh, seem to be more prone to this sort of experience than others. I mean, it sounds like a funny thing, but uh, th- that, that's right why we ask the question. So well, where did you live when it began? Okay, so I drove from Minneapolis to New York, and then I moved down to a suburb of Philadelphia, a northern suburb that was called Newtown, Pennsylvania. It was close to New Hope, Pennsylvania, which is a really cool place. I don't know if it was known for any um, spiritual happenings like this, and, and I don't think that's a, well, a I've, I've had cases in that area. What's that? I've had cases in that area. Just Oh, really? Yeah, well, they're all over the place. It really that doesn't really say anything. But, uh, okay, so Pennsylvania, all right. But I wouldn't say that that question is a weird question because after all the things I've experienced, I don't even know what is weird anymore. Because, <laughs> yeah, um, I respect that. That's great. Um, do the, so these connections have happened in multiple places. It doesn't really matter where you are. Uh, oh, yeah. The they've happened in Hawaii. Well, they happen everywhere, anywhere that I am right now. Even the people who are working with me, helping to arrange these events, because we, you know, I do these events. It's like a combination of a concert with storytelling and meditation, and I, I have a PowerPoint presentation that shows all of these crazy things, um, including you know the story about my painting and and George's jacket. Okay, now here's here's the big question, and these experiences can be fraught with peril uh, because people very often sometimes won't be objective about them, and we can't place ourselves in your shoes. So only you can really can tell, but. Um, how do you know this really is George Harrison, as opposed you know, to someone or something else? That's a great question. That's not a weird question. <laughs> okay. So we're on <laughs> well, the same page. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Okay, about a year into this experience, I decided to make a painting. Now, this is bizarre because I was talented in music my whole life, but I could never draw, I would never think of making a painting. And so I made this painting that had four colors. It was gray triangles surrounded by burgundy, gold, and brown. It was a pretty big painting, which was three feet by four feet. And I worked on this thing for ten hours. My girlfriend at the time, she she didn't know what to think because I was so focused on this thing. It was just um, very unique for her. And she used to say that she felt like there were three of us living in her apartment, and she was a Jewish girl from Brooklyn who didn't believe in anything spiritual, so for her to say that she felt like she and I and George were living in her apartment, I'm, I'm sure she never said that with any of her ex-boyfriends, you know. Probably but not. anyway, so I make this painting, and after it's done 10 hours of painting it, I put it on the wall, and I feel all this great energy coming from it. Two weeks afterwards, she had um, found this book, that had been just put out on George's life because it was the 10-year anniversary of his crossing. 
and crossing into the heavenly world, in case you were wondering. Oh, no, no, I got you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in this book was a picture of George wearing his favorite jacket at the after party for the concert for Bangladesh. He had this custom made for him. It had four colors. It was the same pattern. It was great triangles surrounded by burgundy, gold, and brown. Now, that was a great thing for me for a lot of reasons. One is because my logical mind... A couple of days after every time I'd have an experience, my logical mind would go to work con- trying to convince me that it wasn't real and it was just a coincidence, you know. But after that painting, which, you know, if you see that painting and my ja- and his jacket, I mean, it's it's bizarre. How could I have possibly known what his jacket looked like? I mean... That wasn't in the film, the concert for Bangladesh. That was in the press conference that was after the concert was over. So what in the world are the chances of me making an, an exact painting of his jacket? That, you know, the exact pattern and the exact four colors. There's only four colors. My painting only has four colors. So a couple of weeks after that, I had a birthday party, and I invited all my friends and some of my family over, and I showed every single one of them this painting, and the magazine, the Time Life magazine that had come out. And some of my friends and some of my family thought that this was crazy up until I made that painting. And then after they saw that, because they knew I, was, I wasn't I was a painter, I couldn't even draw, why would I make a painting like this? And so one of my friends was a writer, and she said, you have to turn this into um, a treatment so somebody could make this into a book or a movie or something, because this is the most incredible story I've ever heard. Because, you know, if I told every different synchronicity and, and miracle that, that George has planted in my life, you know, at that point in time, nobody I told the story to ever said anything but this is the most incredible story I've ever heard, because this proves that there's life after life. Because, you know, obviously George died... 12 years ago and you know for him to manifest these things in my life he has to exist in some form to make these things happen you know? well sure but, but David you, you didn't really answer the question how do you really know it's George Harrison um, we have a possible answer later but what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your opinion well my opinion has obviously changed over the last four years because these things continue to happen okay I can tell you I can answer that it could take me four hours to answer that, or I'll try to answer it really quick. Well, um, I prefer the latter, because we don't have four hours, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, well, last year, even though I didn't believe in channeling, when these bizarre things started happening so consistently, like on an everyday basis, I finally opened my mind up to talk to a professional medium, a channeler, okay? And um, I told this person that, you know, I've had these things with George Harrison, and Two minutes into it, George came through for this person and said that um, the reason why he's connected with me is because we're in the same soul group and, you know, thanked me for writing all these things down and described all these different things. And and then I, I talked to different channelers and every I talked to six different channelers and all of them said the exact same thing as the one before, even though nobody was in the same room. These were like weeks apart in different parts of the country where I would talk to these different channels. And so, I mean... And you you made no suggestion whatsoever when you sat down with these people that you were talking to George Harrison? No, I would say... 
I would say George. But, you know, one of the unique things about the experience is that when, when I do these events, the people in the audience who are channelers and who are mediums, they can see George standing on my right. He's always standing on my right. And there are other things that I could talk about, about some of George's friends that, that sometimes come to these events, but I'd rather just focus on George right now. But I, I appreciate your question because yeah. it's a really good question. How do I know it, it's really George? And um, it's, I, I don't even know what to say first, honestly, just because it's like I've got three and a half years of these experiences. Yeah. And Okay, I can tell you something else because he just popped up. Um, I see this light. I only see this light when he wants to tell me something or when he wants to get my attention. And, and it's been consistent for, for three and a half years. So when I say he just popped up, even though I didn't believe in all this stuff for so long, when, when he wants to give me a message or he wants to get my attention or just show me that, that he's there, he pops up as this light. And it's always, it always has something to do with him. Okay, well, we'll 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 leave it at that. I mean, we respect that, and again, you're the one experiencing it, not us. But we, these are, you know, we always have questions about this. So, you know, to really, maybe perhaps we're getting intellectual. It's ironic we're talking about Philadelphia because neuroscientists at Thomas Jefferson U recently published a study saying that of mediumistic experiences, which is channeling is just a modern name for mediumistic experiences. And uh, parts of the brain associated with language and, and purposeful activity shut down during mediumistic experiences, which means that something is happening. Um, there are other patterns of increased and decreased activity, but, but it seems to be pretty general. And there are studies of shamans and things that indicate similar things. So it is, it is a very interesting phenomenon. Um, okay, let's... Um, you know, I wish we had more time on that, but we'll, we'll, let's, let's move on. Ben, did you have anything that's come up? Hey, I, I have an idea, though. Um, I can give George your phone number, and he can call you up, and he can explain it to you if you want. Well, that'd be fine. On the air would be best. <laughs> yeah. let, 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 let me hit you with this, David. Um, our, we're a little different when it comes to among investigators of this stuff. Um, we think that maybe what we're looking at is not, uh, and I remember you mentioned past life experiences. We're not, uh, in our opinion, we may not be looking at exactly past life experiences, but parallel life experiences, because uh, simply because physics has pretty much proven that there is no past. I mean, it's all pretty simultaneous, depending on your point of view. So the past life thing, reincarnation thing, may very well be a parallel life experience, which is something that matches up with the the, the multiple worlds or multiverse idea in, in physics, which is kind of coming to the fore in paranormal research too now, which I'm glad to see. So you may be, you may be George Harrison in a parallel, many parallel lives. And, the, and we see this. I think we might have seen it with Mozart you know, writing his first concerto when he was four years old. I mean, to people like this, uh, our own relative, uh, Julia Ward Howe, in the 19th century, wrote the words to the Battle Hymn of the Republic, uh, just waking up out of a sound sleep and felt like an angel or something was guiding her hand as she wrote it in the almost darkness in a Washington hotel. Things of this kind. So has that ever occurred to you that there was a certain identity between you and George Harrison, not just some, some kind of happy connection? Well, man, there are so many great things that you just said in that thing that each one of them is a conversation in itself. Absolutely. Um, you know, the thing about the parallel universes, 
Absolutely. You know, the unique thing is that in this physical universe, everything is measured in space and time. Mm. You know, where in the spiritual world, there is no time. Everything happens in the now. So, I mean, that's a whole discussion in itself. Um, do you get what I'm saying? You oh, know, yeah, yeah. And so regarding the thing about Mozart being able to sit down at a piano at four years old and be able to play that, that piano, and there are other people who you've seen on, on YouTube who are four years old and sit down and play the piano, and they can play these amazing things, and how can they do it? Well, the way that happens is because when we have so much experience in another lifetime at something, then it comes naturally to us in this lifetime. You know, because if you, if, if you were great at the piano in your previous life, you know, once you get the basics of it in this life, all that stuff starts to come back to you, you know. Um, so, you know, regarding the, uh, this spiritual aspect of me being George in another life, well, obviously, you know, he was alive at the same time as I was alive, but... The yeah, but that's, that's the whole point, is, is that so many of these worlds are entirely physical, and the laws, may be dif- laws of physics may be different so that they might know. We've actually encountered worlds where people know about us, and, and uh, an example we often give, and just very briefly, is when I was working in a psychiatric hospital as a student, there was a woman who was a medium, said there's a guy waiting for his wife to die, and he's going to take her home. Well, well I, I kind of, I, in, in, in a roundabout way, I suppose you could say made contact with this guy, yeah, he was waiting at a railroad station across the river for his wife to arrive on the train, and he was going to take her home. So it all depends on your point of view, you know. But, but we respect it, what, what you're saying, David, you know. Um, well, let's kind of, we have to take our break right now, bottom of the hour here, and we're, uh, we'll be right back with David Young, a musician and uh, channeler here. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. Summertime is here, and make sure your summer plans include a nine-inning vacation with the Paw Sox to see the next generation of Red Sox stars, such as Anthony Renato and Mookie Betts. Tickets are only $5 to $12, and the memories priceless. He steps on third for one, back to second for two to first, triple play! The next Paw Sox homestand runs Tuesday, June 24th through Thursday, July 3rd, and includes patriotic fireworks July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Make your plans for a nine-inning vacation with the Paw Sox today. For tickets, visit PawSox.com. Okay, we wanted to remind you of some of the charities that Ben and I have adopted. Many, many of them are veterans charities, uh, usacares.org. Builders locally here in uh, Rhode Island, southeastern New England, the buildershelpingheroes.org. It's a uh, subsidiary of the Rhode Island Builders Association, nonprofit group. And they do wonderful things for veterans. As a matter of fact, they just built a house uh, last year, all last year, they spent uh, on this uh, in Burrowville, Rhode Island, right in our listening area, for a uh, Marine who had lost both his legs in Afghanistan. And now, just as a child was coming for, the, for he and his wife, perfect timing. They have a great house, and I was honored to be at the uh, key presentation to that. So great charities. Also to our north, uh, the Canadian Veterans Advocacy. Uh, Mike Blaze in Ontario started a terrific group which does uh, legal advocacy for Canadian veterans as well and uh, great groups. So check those out. Also uh, in Los Angeles, Youth Mentoring Connection, youthmentoring.org. Tony Larea, a good friend who's been on the show, using ancient wisdom to help at-risk youth and having fantastic results from that. So check all those out. So let's return uh, to our guest, David Young. And David, uh, before we burn up the hour, which we are, we wanted to we want to give you a chance toward the end of the show to, to play something for us. Are you prepared to do that? 
Um, okay, well, if not, let's, it's Friday. Your mom said you might have you're, your you're, you're asking a lot, Dad. <laughs> I know, I know. It's not, you're we asking don't have quite have a bit. Someone who's studying audio engineering, that is quite a lot to ask. Okay, well, all right. You, you, it would just sound, it would, no offense, it would probably just sound horrible. All right, well, okay, well, about your bad. superior knowledge. <laughs> anyway, why don't you tell us again about uh, what, you, what you, you've been writing and uh, your website, where people can find out more about you. Sure. My website is davidyoungmusic.com, and I've recorded 55 different albums of spiritual music. I'm known for playing two flutes at one time, two Renaissance flutes at one time. Some people call it the most heavenly music on earth, and I have like 12 meditation albums. One of my CDs is called Creation, is used by two of the people who are in the movie The Secret in their meditation workshops around the world, and um, some people say that they feel like my music is the highest spiritual vibration of any music on this planet. Um, and I, I, part of that is because I play these two flutes at one time, and the two notes create what's called a triharmonic tone, where it creates a third sound that's like a buzz, and that buzz is a frequency that really um, makes people connect to their their soul, their higher self, and it, it just has... Uh, a unique ability to open people up to have spiritual experiences for some reason. Did you ever have any other mediumistic experiences before this or in addition to this? No. Did you no, ever I have could... any other paranormal experiences? Um, like UFOs, Godzilla, ghosts? Or well, I had bad experiences with ghosts when I was younger, you know. Interesting. And so because of that, it, it you know, I, I would automatically think anything to do with a ghost was a negative experience but the reality of it is that most people i'd have to say half of the people that i know that i know have had some kind of positive comforting loving experience with a relative that they've had who is not alive anymore every time i do no, they're always alive these, what's that see, they're always alive parallel worlds that's what it's about but i, I oh. get i get what you're saying yeah, I mean, whenever I do one of these spiritual events, you know, David Young channeling George Harrison, um, I ask the audience how many people in the audience have had an experience where they have felt connected or they have felt the presence of one of their loved ones who is not alive anymore. And half of the audience always raises their hands. And so that's, if you think about that in a global way, that's millions and millions of people who are having experiences, paranormal experiences, but... Up until now, people have been afraid to talk about those experiences to a certain extent because there's been a certain negative connotation about people who talk about those things. But, you know, my mom talked about my grandmother's presence for 10 years after my grandmother passed away, you know. And um, so there's a lot more of this out there, and it's becoming more and more acceptable because of TV shows like The Long Island Medium and the fact that the number one book on the New York Times bestseller list for the last three years is called Proof of Heaven, which is about a doctor who wrote all these, you know, experiences down from his from his own life and from patients. You know? Well, the thing is, the Long Island Medium was just recently proved to be a fake. Well, well, David, now I hear you. Uh, you know, and, and I agree 100% with what you're saying. Right? However, the caveat that, that, and you have to forgive us, we've had some experiences with things that are kind of negative over the years. The, the caveat there is that uh, 
again, it goes back to the question, is it really what it appears to be? Because we, we find that the parasitical entities, as we call them... Well, will, we look at things through our own framework. We do, we do. So yeah. we, we see things and we interpret them so that our mind understands them in such a way. And since my father and I have had these experiences with negative entities that seem as if they're positive things and do good things, it goes back to the old saying, well, even the devil can quote scripture. Yeah, just, just all we're saying is caution is always required. A healthy skepticism. A healthy skepticism. But certainly, to, to, to echo what you said, uh, wonderful experiences have been uh, our normal part of really life because we feel that uh, relatives don't really go anywhere. We're with them in many worlds where they never die. That's our point of view anyway. And uh, sure. that, that presence is, uh, that, there's nothing more powerful than love. There really yeah, isn't, you know, and I'm sure you agree. So anyway, that, that, that's our two cents on that. Just uh, a healthy caution is always uh, always called for. Um, okay, so is, could you would you feel comfortable telling us about the negative experiences you had with ghosts as as a young man? Well, I mean, I was in a, I was making a film in Germany. I was in this old hotel, and there was there was an entity that was keeping me up most of the night. And, I didn't. I didn't like that, you know. And so because I wouldn't either. You know, I had to get up the next day and and do important things. And so I just don't. I don't appreciate those kind of things. And any time, I would always assume it was bad. You know what I mean? Because mm. of all the movies, when you think of all the movies that have something to do with ghosts, right? Ninety-nine out of a hundred of them are going to be negative, scary movies where you're going to have one movie that's positive, like Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg, you know? That was showing a spirit or a soul that was communicating with somebody who's alive in a positive, loving way, you know? At these events that I do, that we do, because it's not me, it's, it's a we thing, because it's, it's a team, you know? I'll, I'll tell you something that, that really blew my mind when it started happening, right? So... During these events, I was guided while we were doing certain meditations to encourage people to, while your eyes were closed, the music is on, open your heart and think of somebody who you love who's not alive anymore. Okay? And so people, after the meditation was over, would, would start sharing these stories of, like this one woman whose husband had died in 9-11. For the first time, he came back to her during this meditation. Another woman whose mom and dad had both died in a car accident years and years ago, so she never had a chance to tell her mom and dad how much she loved them. Her mm. mom and dad both came back to her, hugged her, and she was able to reconnect. And so when these things were started, I started seeing these light beams in the back of the room over the heads of the audience. And this was starting to be a consistent thing at every one of these events. These beings were larger than the size of a human, but they were, they were light, you know. And so, because this was a consistent thing, I asked George, I said, who are these light beings in the back of the room? And he said that when people registered for the event, because of, word, because of George's viewpoint, because he has a much, very high state of consciousness, he actually had, had the enlightenment. And so from his viewpoint in heaven he's able to see who is coming to these events and so he contacts their loved ones in heaven and brings them to the event so they can reconnect and share that bond of love they had 
while the spirit in heaven was alive. And so that's who these light beings are in the back of the room. They are the relatives of the people in the audience. Well, what if they've gone? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, perfect. that's as legitimate as any other point of view. Um, it's awfully anthropomorphic, though, kind of in the sense of uh, awfully uh, human framework kind of thing. But, hey, I maybe, you know, who are we to say it doesn't happen? Yeah, I mean, we're it, not there, so. No, exactly. You know, it, it's a unique situation. I didn't believe that any of this was possible. If you would say that I was a skeptic, I, did, I was a real good skeptic. I, I didn't believe in this stuff. Okay, but every night I have three to five people stand up in an audience and, and share an experience like this. And then when the event is over, 10 to 15 people wait online to tell me these experiences because they don't feel comfortable sharing that in front of an audience. And sometimes these people keep me an hour after the event is over just telling me all their, all their experiences. You know, I, I really didn't think that this was possible and okay uh, well no speaking of skeptics um some people david might say uh especially cynics that you're maybe using this or not making it up even but but it, it's sort of exaggerated for the purposes of self-aggrandizement how would you answer that accusation well i would say why don't you call up a medium or a channeler Mention the name of David Young and say you want to contact George Harrison and see what George says through a medium to you about me. All right, if it's really George, but we, we never got through that question. But Okay, um, so let's uh, talk okay, about I, okay, uh, I got time something. slips. I, I, I got something I, I want to share with you. Please. Okay. okay, so in October of last year, when this thing really took a giant step up because he got me this publishing deal. He wanted to arrange all these amazing miracles in my life. So it, the book would be a great book. Okay, so my publisher took me to a restaurant where there was a jam night where there were six guitar players playing because I'm a guitar player as well and I'm a professional. So he wanted me to really like show my stuff in front of all these guitar players who were beginner or intermediate players. players. So I had left my guitar in a place where there was a humidity problem in the place. And so after every song, my G-string was going out of tune, and I had to retune after every song where normally that you tune it once, you're good for the whole rest of the day. Okay. At the same time, when I'm at this restaurant playing and having a problem with the tuning of my G-string because of the humidity in the place where I left it, one of, the, one of my friends was at a party three doors down from my publisher, on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. She told this friend that I was visiting and that I was finishing a book called Channeling Harrison. Her friend said, this is very bizarre because I just got contacted from a medium in Canada by the name of Bob Murray, who's written two books called The Stars Still Shine. And he just contacted me out of the blue last week, and I know Bob Murray has been a channeler for 40 years, and he channels John Lennon and George Harrison. So... It was just a unique, con you know, connection there. So the following day, her friend, whose name was Lori, calls up Bob Murray in Canada and says, Bob, there's a guy named David Young who is writing a book, and his publisher lives three doors down from me, and his book is called Channeling Harrison. He's been receiving messages and communication and all these synchronicities regarding George Harrison. Bob Murray says, Lori, get on your computer right now because I have a message for David Young from George. 
she gets on her computer, and I have the email to prove this whole thing. The message is, David, this is George. You're doing a great job on writing down all the stories, and you're a great musician. You're, you're a wonderful talent, but you got a problem with the G-string on your guitar because you left it in a place that had a humidity problem. <laughs> now, can you imagine how hard it would be to drive have somebody read that message to you on the phone while you're driving on a winding road in the middle of nowhere. Can you imagine how hard it would be to stay in between the lines when your mind gets blown like that? Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, that's, you know, again, not the question, but, you know, we do see cases where parasites, who, you know, and, and in the multiverse, time and space doesn't mean a thing, will do that to, to amaze you and you think, wow, you know, this and that, and I'm, I'm being contacted by this person. And now, this, again, just a note of caution and uh, just, just to... Um, Say that uh, you know this can't have another side, but you know again it's you you experiencing it. You know best. Uh, okay, what uh, lies ahead for you now? Uh, where is this going to go for you, David? Well, I'm writing book two right now uh, because of all of the things that have happened after book one ended. Um, I'm eighty percent done with it, and you know George and I continue. He writes so much music through me, and, you know, I want to say something. You know, the word channeling is such, there's so many different opinions about that word, but I think it's a more active description to say that I am a channel for George Harrison. You know, I don't sit in front of an audience and ever say, oh, George wants me to tell you this, or George wants me to tell you that. I share all these things that he sets up in my life, and it shows that it's possible to have a relationship with somebody who is on the heavenly side of life because from what he said to me the source or spirit or God doesn't want humans to have this invisible wall between the physical life and the heavenly life anymore if you love someone while they're alive or if you have a connection with somebody from some other time in some other place there's no reason why we shouldn't really embrace that because why would anybody want to not embrace love right. and and so um because the beatles were so popular whatever they did whether it was their hairstyles their music whatever they did reached millions and millions of people so george told me that the source is directing him to do these experiences with me so we can prove that there is life after this life and there's no reason not to open your heart to the people who you love who are on the other side so half of the people are having experiences like this you know so if it's half of the people all the people who are listening out there if you just open up your mind a teeny little bit there's nothing to be afraid of it would, why would you ever be afraid of a grandparent who loved you and only brought goodness into your life every day that they were with you when they were alive. Why would you resist opening your heart and opening your mind just a tiny bit to well, have if, that? If it experience? isn't really the grandparent, so Ben had a question. Well, you you mentioned George Harrison got his information from the source. What is the source? The being that created all life. You could call the source cre the creator. You could, some people call it God. It doesn't really matter what you call it because, because it is what started all of life in every level, from the physical level into the spiritual level. Okay. Alrighty. So, well, uh, the, way, the way that we, we see things is when you invite these things in, it's like 
well, it's summer right now, so this would be a good analogy. Say you're going over to your neighbor's house. You walk through a screen door. So you open the door, but any sort of other things could come in, including mosquitoes, other sorts of bugs, maybe a neighbor you have no clue who they are who's planning on robbing you. When you're on the street and someone comes up to you and says, oh, hey, uh, you're going to lose $5,000 like tomorrow or whatever, would you believe them? In that they're not saying, I'm a medium, and spirit's telling me, you're going to lose $5,000. This is just some person comes out of the blue, you're going to lose $5,000. Or, I'm your great uncle George. What, what, how do you respond to that? That's a great question. Now, is that Ben or is that Paul? This is Ben. Okay, Ben. Okay, let me put this back to you in a different way. Okay, have you ever felt love in your life? Well, yeah. I hope okay. so. I should hope so, man. <laughs> okay. Okay, do you love your dad? Sure. Well, maybe, sometimes. It depends. Some days more, some days less. But you love your dad, right? Yeah. Okay. And when you have a beautiful time with your dad someplace where you're doing something you enjoy together, do you feel that love from your dad? Uh, sure. But then again, what is love if we're going to go down this road? Let's say love is a beautiful feeling. It's a vibration. It's, you, it's a vibration that you feel. Can we agree on that? Well, I'd say that love is more of a state of being than a vibration. If we're going to go into vibrations here, what do you mean by vibration? It is a... When you are around your dad and you're having a good time, does it make you feel good? Well, that's... What is a vibration? That That's what I'm asking. I know it, it feels good, but feeling good doesn't exactly mean that something's right. I mean, someone could get drunk and feel good, but it could be very wrong. Okay, I hear your point. Well... But the point I'm trying to make is that there is a good feeling between you and your dad. You appreciate him, and you love your dad. Right. Is this true? Okay. So how old is your dad? Uh, what, you're 61? Well, last I looked. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's say 40 years from now, it's possible that your dad may already be in heaven, and you'll still be on earth. Is that a possibility? Well, I mean, if we're going to go that route, from the tradition we come from, there's no such thing as death. Because we're always with our loved ones, and our loved ones are always with us. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, we mean literally, physically. Yeah. Well, we don't believe in death even for the body. In the multiverse, that's not even possible. Right. Okay. So, why... Okay, so let's just work with me for a second here. So let's say, at some point down the road, let's just say that your dad goes into the heavenly world and leaves the physical world before you. Maybe it's and another physical world. Well, okay. we're, we're working off of, uh, off of a bunch of assumptions that we have no clue how to verify. Well, a good question. It is a good question, but I'm, I'm saying that the assumptions that we're working with here are that spirit and body are two separate things. Yeah, again, those, those are assumptions we question. Right. Nobody else does. So it's me. the assumptions that I'm questioning that... Spirit and body and mind are all separate things when they all work together. So what we're saying is we don't believe in death of the body, mind, or spirit in any sense. But these parallel lives and unities could explain your experience. That's, that's our opinion. That's where we're that's coming from. Not to say that you're wrong because I could be entirely wrong. Yeah, we don't know. Because our experiences dictate our knowledge. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I really do. I think that the part that I agree with you is that, you know, the spirit and the mind, that lives on forever. But, you know, obviously our physical bodies stop working to a certain extent, and then we just continue on as our soul 
as our spirit. Um, can we agree on that? I mean, well, how, how could all of you be continue on without yeah. your body? Right. Your body is an integral part of you. What so. we're saying is, are you still you without your body? Yes, we are. Well, we uh, are. you seem rather confident about that. So the oh, body yeah, sure. is absolutely meaningless as far as what our being is concerned. Yeah, the, the body, the physical body, is the vehicle that our soul uses to exist on the physical level. When you see Once, George Harrison, is he wearing clothes? Uh, how do you know? You know, that sort of thing. What's, what's going on there? Are there spirits of clothes? Well, well let, let the man answer the question. Yes. Well, when, when you have these appearances of, of George taking place, what does he look like? Does he look like George Harrison? Well, sometimes his hair is different. I mean, he might comb his hair different from one day to another day, you know. And um, well, if I were rather depressing, you still, especially with my hair, that you'd have to comb it after you uh, shed the, the mortal coil, as they say. Do you? He's, um, explained, he's explained to me, because I've, I've asked these questions to him. I said, well, what do you look like? And he says, well, in this world, in, this, in the heavenly world, you can look like whatever you want to look like. You can look like you're 20, you could look like you're 40, um, you could have longer. It, it's whatever you project your being out to be. That's the way the heavenly world works. It, it's, um, our thoughts manifest as our reality in the heavenly world, where in the physical world, it, it's, not, it's not like that. It's not an instant, instantaneous thing like that. So it depends on the laws of the particular world. Do you, um, do you think people... Uh Go. Well, I'm not going to use. Well, I suppose use the word hell. I suppose a hellish world. Uh, do you think that, or does everybody just somehow have a happy, happy ending? Well, from from what I know, our belief system in the physical world, you know, with our physical our, our mind, you know, our belief system carries over into the heavenly world. So if you have somebody who believes that they're a sinner and that, you know, they just think that all these terrible things about themselves, you know what I mean? They're going to carry that. They're going to bring that belief system into the heavenly world and the, into the inner world because that is their belief system, you know. But there is, there is karma that we create that we have to work out. You know, everything we do has an equal reaction to, to each action, you know, and... You know, I've had that proved to me enough times. Like when I was 18 years old, I played in a heavy metal band where I dressed up like Angus Young from ACDC. And for a year, I, I threw food all around McDonald's and Burger Kings and Perkins every night because I thought that was fun. And then two years later, I left that rock band and nobody would hire me. And the only place that would agree to give me a job for minimum wage was a Burger King working from midnight to 6 o'clock in the morning, cleaning up the whole mess that everybody would throw around, all the kids would throw around on the windows on the floor. So I realized, oh, my gosh, I did that for a year. <laughs> I created that karma for myself, and now I have to clean up my own mess. So there is justice. Well, I'm mean, thinking more like uh, this Lanza guy who killed all those children in, in Connecticut, you know, not long I, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there has to be more to this. But anyway, I'm afraid we're out of time. Uh, very, very interesting conversation, David. Why don't you give people your website one more time? Sure. It's davidyoungmusic.com, and my book is on Amazon. It's also on barnesandnoble.com. It's called Channeling Harrison. And if you guys want to, anybody listening, want to send me an email, you can send me an email through your website. And if you've had an experience with somebody who you love 
who's not alive anymore physically, and if you want to share that with me, I would love to hear it. Very good. Okay, well, let folks decide for themselves. And again, thanks for a great Indeed. conversation. We'll talk to you again. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right, we have a lot of announcements, folks. I'd hope to get to an email, but our conversation got really interesting here. I didn't have a chance. Uh, right. The Exeter Kiwanis UFO. Oh, first of all, I wanted to wish you a happy Canada Day to our Canadian listeners for tomorrow, July 1st. Considering this is one socket. That's right, yes, yes. Uh, we often are joke, other Rhode Islanders joke we have to have our Canadian passports here. A lot of French-Canadian uh, descendants here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And also, happy Fourth of July at the end of the week to all our American listeners, of course. And uh, we'll be enjoying that with our own family. Uh, the Exeter Kiwanis UFO Festival is coming up in Exeter, New Hampshire, on Saturday, August 30th. Right around the corner, really. And Ben and I will present a program on strange connections, UFOs, cryptids, and ghosts. Other speakers will include the great Stan Friedman, hopefully if he's back on his feet after this uh, terrible uh, news we heard about his heart attack. But again, he's, 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 re he's recovering. Uh, also, Bob Schroeder, both of whom are frequent guests on the show, uh, will offer more information as it develops. And you can check uh, www.exeterufofestival.com. Then on Saturday, September 20th, uh, this is our first announcement of this. There will be the True Paranormal Event 2014, a celebration of advanced understanding in the paranormal. Uh, times are to be announced, but it will take place at the Brookline Event Center at Brookline, New Hampshire. Ben and I will present a program, as well our good friend uh, Shane Searway of, of TrueGhost.com, whom you've heard on the show, and Shane is organizing the event. Other speakers we just found out today will include Bill Hall, who's been on the show. He's writing the book about the Bridgeport Poltergeist, uh, the world's most haunted house, uh, the uh, true story of the poltergeist on Lindley Street in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And that was 1974. Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved, and so was I. So that should be, uh, I can't wait to see the book. Right. So there are two events that we will be raffling off tickets for, and one is the Experiencers uh, Speak uh, Conference at the uh, Clarion Hotel and Conference Center in Portland, Maine, on September 6th and 7th. This is a UFO conference focused on abductees, experiencers, and contactees. Anybody can attend, of course, and it will be uh, very interesting. We will uh, draw the winners for four free tickets on our um, August 25th show, and you can find out more about that at www.experiencerspeak.yolasite, that's Y-O-L-A, site.com. And the other event is the second New England UFO Conference on August 17th and 18th at the City Hall in Westminster, Massachusetts. Ben and I will once again speak on strange connections between UFOs and other phenomena, and we'll raffle off two family packs of tickets uh, on the show as we did last year for that event. Stay tuned for news on that. Right, and to enter either of these contests, you can send an email to us at paulatbehindtheparanormal.com, or you can drop us a snail mail at Behind the Paranormal, care of W-O-O-N, 1240 AM, 985 Park Avenue, Winsocket, Rhode Island, 02895. So uh, please include your name, address, and phone number. And there are links at BehindTheParanormal.com as well. And the drawing for that event will take place on the air on Monday, September 29th. And don't forget, you can visit our show websites, BehindTheParanormal.com, which we've said more than one time, where you can find over 550 free podcasts of all of our past shows, from uh, ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And also check out our site at NewEnglandGhosts.com, uh, where you can find case studies and photos, along with articles by my dad. And next Monday, July 7th, right here on ON 1240 and ONWorldwide.com, we will welcome author, researcher, and trained shaman Oscar Miro, Miro Quesada for a discussion of the new Peruvian shamanism. 
And we leave you this evening with a simple quote from dear old Dr. Seuss. Sometimes the questions are complicated, but the answers are simple. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.